0: Clark again,
1: oh it's through again, he goes,
2: he's got Satuta with him, but it's Ioane in fact, and Rico going to score with a brilliant play from Caleb Clark, and the Blues are in again.
3: gonna back this near side for Vince Arso, Vince Arso gives it away to Umanga Jensen, and he's got it on the line, and that is a try.
2: Pass off oh. Lava and welcome to another episode of the counter a podcast where we discuss all things rugby i'm the host of the counter ruck stacy and today we welcome a knowledgeable panel of rugby enthusiasts so let me start off by introducing everyone uh, firstly we have our uh, loose forward expert and our possibly rugby legend dance dance thanks for coming on brother have you cut us off already
4: he's on mute
2: secondly we have Oh, okay. Secondly, we have our uh, resident member of the Front Row Club and a diehard uh, county supporter. Rog, Rog, thanks for coming on, us
1: Maloni, Ulutonu mai, Ulutonu mai, Oh,
2: very impressive there, brother. Um, <laughs> yep, top a language week. Um, rog can bring out the big guns. And, uh, yep, last but not least... Uh, we have the host of the pitch podcast um, on the WizWiz Network, as well as being a regular on the
4: counter ruck, uh, Joey. Joey, thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you for having us here, City of the Future.
2: We'll talk about the City of the Future as well, uh, what happened to them, what happened to them on the ITM Cup on the weekend a, bit, a little bit later. So, um, let me take care of a few housekeeping things before we start, boys. Um, so, we've got our website going, uh, check us out, www www.wizwiznet.com and also you can follow the Kaunuruk on Twitter and Facebook as well as our uh, network YouTube channel. So give us a follow and give us a like. So boys, um, a lot of things happened in the world of rugby since our last podcast, which I I wanted us to uh, look over. So the Mitre 10 Cup is still going strong and we're seeing a few contenders emerge and a few pretenders, I guess, fall by the wayside. So we'll look at that. Um, Also some congratulations, the Central Kings, they emerged to win the inaugural uh, Super Club Rugby Under-21 Tournament. And they're the holders of the uh, Sir Michael Jones Trophy. So yeah, congratulations to them. And Canterbury won the women's NPC by beating uh, Waikato, so a well-deserved win for them. And of course, it wouldn't be a rugby podcast if we didn't discuss uh, Low 3. And that's where we'll start today, boys. So the All Blacks took out that match uh, 43-5. to which is a record-winning margin in Bledisloe Cup matches. So, Danny, mate, seeing you're there, I'll come to you first, brother. What did you make of that game, the uh, Bledisloe Cup test?
3: Ah, uh, yeah, it was a good game. Um, yeah, it was an interesting game. I I, I didn't predict the uh, the All Blacks to um pretty much fresh um the, uh, the Wallabies, just um just coming from those two games they had here in um in on New Zealand. I thought it was going to be a tougher game only because uh, Australians were at home. But obviously, um the first five and uh, second five, the newbies, uh just a little bit of inexperience there, and I'm um, kind of played um, in favour of the All Blacks. They got outplayed basically, but yeah, uh, I think the All Blacks did a did an awesome job, and um, yeah, you know, I just I, I honestly thought it was going to be a really really tight game. It's funny that um that you know these these young guys like uh, Noah Lualaisio and Arai Simone come in and um kind of shows h- how much the experience of um you know James, the l- the likes of James O'Connor and um Tumor you know, they played a big part in these first two games and it was kind of tight for, for the for the ABs. But in saying that, it was funny because I remember they brought James O'Connor in real early and um, same thing happened. His inexperience didn't um, play out for, for the Aussies back then. And now that he's come back a bit more mature, you know, I, I, I see that um, that his experience could have helped, helped, helped out in the game. But um, yeah, well done to the ABs. It was an awesome game. There's a lot of screaming here at my house. It was good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good point you bring up about the experience because I think they've got some depth issues there, Australia. Now they had no choice but to chuck these young guys in once, um, you know, Tamou and James O'Connor got injured, and, and you think they might have chucked him in, Lachie probably before he was ready. I think he could have maybe used another year of development. Sometimes you've got to chuck these, uh, these rookies in. And, Raj, so, is that, uh, yeah, the Blues had nine players in that twenty-three. And then from there they go and win the, uh, you know, break a record of the biggest uh, winning margin. So I know Roger will be happy about that. So Rog, mate, what do you what did you make of the game?
1: Yeah, it was just uh, coincidental that uh, the Blues had nine members in that squad. It was good to see, especially Rikuane coming back onto the bench after um, the well talked about slam dunk incident in Battersley One. It's good to see him come back with a try. Has he learnt a uh, lesson as to how to score tries or he just continues on scoring the way that he uh, <laughs> um, that he has been scoring? But at the same time, it was good for his confidence for the young man coming back into a, a side and winning it as well. Obviously, um, there's been talk about his try scoring action, but um, that aside, um, awesome to see the, the All Blacks do what they needed to do to make sure that the Bledisloe was back in new zealand for 18 years on the trot so the biggest winning margin prior to this one on Sunday, on saturday was 43-6 and it was when they beat the wallabies in wellington 1996 so you know no one really factored that in that you know we were hope, we were confident that the all blacks would um, bring home the Bledisloe cup but in the fashion that they did to beat it by one point so 43-5 beats 43-6 by one point to make it um, that biggest winning margin and in the 117 years that they've been playing. I think at ANZ Stadium alone, apparently there's they've, they've played there three times prior and twice the All Blacks were up at halftime. 2016 they were 32-3 at half time. 2017, 40-6 at halftime. And then 2018 six five Australia were out at halftime, so they didn't have a too great a track record. But in recent recent times in 2018, they seemed to be getting better. But like Danny mentioned, the experience of Matt Moore and mm. and James O'Connor were were so noticeable, um, especially right from their the get go. After Dongunu got the simbin, it was just. You know, following you know all the talk um, leading into this this uh, a third test, uh, how Don was going to handle Caleb Clark and um, handle he did in the air <laughs> and yellow card he received. So um, yeah, it was just unfortunate. It was really it was it came real hard watch, and I think the sentimental uh, side of it was for Dave Rennie, for mine is that um, you know obviously he had instilled a huge uh, belief in the team in um, game one and so they were confident leading into game two and you know you had stalwarts of the australian game as in phil kearns and um, Campese, come to the fore saying how this was a different australian side and then after game three it seems like they've taken massive leaps backwards as opposed to moving forward but could only be good for the development of their team you know the young players especially the those debutantes um, that came in. But I I couldn't help but notice uh, a lot of their deficiencies were down to the inexperience. And um, But just it was good to see the All Blacks at the same time playing um, very free-flowing rugby. But I think I understand how the Australians were kicking so much position away um, when they really needed to hold on to the ball. But at the same time, just too many mistakes. And, And the All Blacks, obviously, Australia, Focusing on Caleb Caleb Clark, and yet, you know, the All Blacks around them supported Caleb Clark by making sure that they capitalise on the opportunities around it. But, uh, yeah, just a great, great, great win for the All Blacks. Great to see Sam Kane factor in the first as a captain as well. 18 years, a very hard way back. Can't see it happening anytime soon for the, the Wallabies. Yeah, it's interesting. Um,
2: when we did our podcast, the last podcast we did, we had some audio issues and we lost uh, Joey, who came up with the massive call that the Wallabies were going to win the World Cup in 2023. Yeah. Which um, I don't know, that's looking a million miles away
1: um, now. Do, so, Joey, mate, I'll come co- to you. Do you, you. confirm I'll give that, your thoughts on uh, the Joey game? That but said I also or? want to. Was <laughs> well, Joey trying? I want to give your, can, thoughts on man, it. your thoughts to the game. He can on... easily deny no, it. I never said that. <laughs> Beard proof. <laughs> I stand by yeah, that 100%. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up so
4: record.
2: <laughs> I'll see you guys. So at, your at the, thoughts on the I, game, but also what do you think um, the Australia needs to do.
4: Uh, my thoughts on the game. Mm. Just outclassed. Our class when it uh, came to the crunch. You know, the the experience showed uh, and the inexperience showed of uh, the Wallabies. Um, but in saying that, they will be better for it. And in a couple of years' time, they may even win a World Cup because of it Um, so yes I do stand by my prediction that uh, Australia will um, take the World Cup that's my that's my early prediction early doors and and there's a few reasons for it and the main one is the development of the junior Wallabies when they took out the competition last year Um, I just was in awe and the fact, that they've got someone like, the fact that they've got someone like Dave Rennie there at the helm now will further help their development and um, give them some test match experience, especially when they're playing against a team like the All Blacks. They can learn from this and come back. A couple of years' time is a long time to to learn. So um, the, the match itself, the Bleslow test match, um, it was good to see a different side to Caleb Clark. You know, you didn't see the flashy um big massive run where he bumps off everyone and scores a try, but you did see him work off the ball um when it came to defense and offense.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um he, you know, he was even found on the right wing there trying to score a try that was disallowed disallowed in the end, which was unfortunate. Um I think there were a few key standouts. For me, the standout in the game um given his lack of uh test match footy in the last couple of years compared to previously dane coles um i thought he came back with a vengeance basically um and re stamped himself as the hooker of the all blacks and and unfortunately for the likes of cody taylor and a uh, mm-hmm. sufferer well, more in the likes dane coles still has a mortgage on their jersey and he showed on, on the weekend.
1: Do you reckon Joey he'll make it through to the next World Cup day? Dane Coles.
4: Mm. Oh, that's a tough one. Because uh, a lot um, of it,
1: like it hasn't been his form, it's been just injuries. Injuries. Uh, yeah. Which have, um, and that could be telling in terms of his age, the body sort of slowly succumbing to those injuries in, in the contact. But yeah. Yeah. I He's, think,
4: yeah. I think um, injuries aside, it'll come down to the individual himself. If he can. You know, keep that attitude that he's always had, that mentality. they not. I see no reason why he wouldn't be in that squad for his experience alone.
1: Parsons not a not going to sneak in for two thousand and twenty
4: three, please. Sorry, who? Who's that?
1: Parsons, no, no. I think he's going to. I think he's going to the Chiefs next year.
4: <laughs> yeah, good game in the end. Richard yeah, Momba,
2: the boys. Um... Mm. Yeah, it was a was good um, yeah, go carry on watch. Richie Mong is um he I think he might have signed the clear. Yeah. So, just so I just thought something thought, like the uh, playmakers that have been trying for ages.
1: Yeah, I thought Joey was gonna mention Richie Mong when he alluded to Dane Coles. Um, but similar similar sort of um scenario. He has hasn't been the uh, hasn't received much game time over the years due to um the incumbents and in Bowden Barrett being in there. But and a lot of talk about him not being able to transfer his Super Rugby um, um, play through to international level, and I think um, on the weekend it showed that has he has he arrived now? Has he has Moanga now proven to the naysayers that he is good enough to be at international international level as as a star first five? Um, obviously, with Bowden Barrett there, they complemented each other very well and. Um, you know, the likes of Lima Sopoanga as well in the past hasn't really, they never, they said that he never really probably reached his full potential as an All Black, leaving the shores too early. But Richie Moanga, maybe he's stating a claim now that um, he could well suit that first five jersey for the years, especially in the next few years anyway, through to the next World Cup and beyond. But almost three tries. It's got to mm. say something. It's the way that he went about it as well was just awesome to see
2: yeah yeah I, li- I like the um i think that's the first time i have thought the dual playmaker system actually works for the first time in you know what 18 months or whatever they've been doing it for so it's good to see that G- agree with you about monga playing really good but i wanted to um yeah have a look at if, if going forward now that the players Low cup secured and uh, dan's mate i'll come to you would you be looking at making any changes for the all blacks just with this dead rubber i guess did a chance to blood some new guys or something like that, uh,
3: just th- with the current squad you're you talking about,
2: yeah, yeah. Like, would you make any changes now that the players like cups one? They've got one more game next week,
3: uh, and yeah, would you think-
2: be, um, giving some of these other kids a go?
3: I, th- I think so. I think we can afford to, um, you know, make a few changes, uh, bring these, like you said, the young blood coming through, be good to see, um. I don't know what 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 the um what the injury is with um Sam Kane with his neck. That looked like a pretty bad um you know bad tackle when when he went in there. Tackle his neck just like got crushed there. So you know it'll probably give um opportunities for maybe the likes of um either um Griffey or Dalton Dalton Papali probably um you know as uh, a the lock. He's 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 good. Um, be good to see those guys come yep. through. Also, also be good to see um Jack Goodhue to have a seat on the bench. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe bring yes. in um, I've
2: got that written down too.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, he hasn't been one of my fa- He's Yeah, he's been gay, really. It's
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joey's best mate, Jack Goodhue. He's that good fan club. I want some
3: Oh, is it? Is it your best mate? Is it sorry, man? No, but, he's, um, a, he's not a 12, bro. Hey, he's not he's, a 12.
4: He's a Northland boy. He's he's a good yeah. player. He's a good
3: player, yeah. He's a good player, but I don't think he's a 12. Hey. He's he's more of a center. And uh, I think our only 12 we have is probably Lomapi.
4: Oh,
2: Ooh, interesting that midfield, yeah. Mm.
4: I think I think um, the the, the Blacks need a, a TJ Faiani.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
4: You know, a quiet toiler <laughs> who sits everyone else up. Mm. You know, is, of, is TJ gap...
2: paying you some side side money because you bring him up a lot in these podcasts? You talk him up, man.
4: You're like,
1: uh, I don't know, I'm always
4: it's because I'm always a for the underrated. <laughs> I'm always for the underrated underdog. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: You
4: know, I I mention him probably about as much as Roger mentions Caleb Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of Caleb Clark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think Caleb Ralph mm-hmm. owes you a beer Roger. <laughs> 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 do I, I
3: the- Hey can I also what say uh, of that, um Sorry, I, I was just I was just gonna say um my 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 player of the match of that game will probably be, be the um silent achiever um Shannon Frazel. Okay. Only because he's a workhorse and he's uh you know high Tackle mm-hmm. rate, and, um, and and, and he yep. does run the ball quite a bit. And he's, he is that quite achiever that no one sees in the background, but he does does what he's supposed mm-hmm. to do. He could have easily taken that, that um, Dane Coles try, but you see him park the back, you know, just not being a greedy can't.
4: Another guy who worked off the ball really well was Satutu. I thought mm. he was always there when tries were
3: scored.
4: So mm-hmm. he helped, um, a good point, point on Frisalba because in that first try. game, that first bit is like, I thought he was horrible. Yeah, he was interviewed recently and he said he
1: pretty much said he yes. had to pull his head in. And... Who, or Yeah, good Shannon. thoughts there, boys. Um... <laughs> it's a bit of a delay, eh?
3: Yeah, the delay's not helping.
2: Yeah, it's good thoughts there, boys. So uh, it will be interesting to see what Foster does for um for the uh, for the last Dead Rubber and also what Dave Rennie does as well, because I know Joey you've talked them up. Take it out. They need to fix the defence. That's the biggest thing with Aussie. They conceded so many points, forty points, and they missed so many tackles. And that was two weeks, two blitters loads in a row, where the defences really uh, let them uh, let them um, down. So it was um, that was poor. I thought Jordan Petaia. I think someone mentioned that earlier. He looks like he's going to be special. He was awesome for Australia in a pretty beat, well beaten team. Um. Yeah. He was fighting still yeah. to the end. And, yeah. uh, and I agree with you, boys, but good, Hugh. Yeah, boys, have you got any other thoughts on the games? Uh,
1: rog, would you be making any other changes? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them bring More in... More Blues players? <laughs> 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 uh, maybe give, uh, you know, not, not charity or anything like that, but, um, you know, they've got the Series 1 and then maybe blood a few guys that probably won't take um, part too much in the... Um, is it back to Tri-Nations now that were three countries again? Or is it the rugby championship? Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah the tri-nations. likes of Asafo more getting a shot. Um, Karifi, uh, maybe give um, a few guys a start, like uh, Alex Hodgman. And the way that I saw Hodgman progress, like Daniela Ten- Tupou felt his, his, um, the power of Hodgman in the scrums, but at the same time, and he kept on standing up. And that's why he was getting penalized a couple of times. But then not long after that, in a in a in a scrum, he lifted Alex Hodgman. Alex Hodgman was lifted in a in a scrum. So yeah. So they got something to work on there. But obviously there is a bit of power from Daniela Tupul. But what I really liked, like you mentioned, Stacey, about the defense and they've got to work on their defense, especially. But in that, that try, the first try to monga was how they switched sides from a scrum. Um, was it uh, Aaron Smith yep. to Moanga coming around to the blind side he, he went through the gap between Brandon buying uh, amosa and and then to step on the real short blind to step his opposite Noah uh, lawlessiel in order for him to get it in that try so but just on Noah lawlessiel you know I don't know whether it was just because it was his first international try he's his debuting um, for him to celebrate the way he did. When he scored his first try, that, that their only try, um, yeah, it was just a bit awkward. <laughs> but you could see when the emotion, it was obviously. you right have time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, they, they, the emotion was still obviously had half quite a chance
2: high. If they pulled finger. Mm,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. His defence, defence was woeful. I felt sorry for Lulisio because they yeah. really targeted him and he was exposed defensively. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Tough I think he was. Um, um, I'm not sure. More is out long term, and that's a big loss. I'm oh, sorry, Karen Rich.
1: Yeah, I think he was um, found out as well. And I think another, I think he was in the centers, a, a deputant, Irae Simone. Simone? Right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, he Roger. tried a few, he tried to be yep. inventive, but uh, again, I can't stress enough how they missed Tomoy and James O'Connor in there.
4: Roger, you know Ira Simone, you've played against his old man. Did I? Yep. So his old man used to play for Ota His his name's Laoli, Laoli Simone.
1: Yeah, because I heard he's gone over there not long ago, like 2012, Mm -hmm. 13,
4: or something Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, Loli Seal's old man as well. So this speaks to the pedigree of talent that we have in uh, South Auckland. You know, him Simone, his old man, South Auckland, and even Lolly Seal's old man, South Auckland, even though, you know, those unfortunate that those two didn't quite have uh, the best debuts.
1: That's right, and you got Peter Samu as well, and who's in the squad, who played in that first test. And then yes. who was the other one? Uh, Hunter Hunt, uh, Paisami?
3: Hunter Paisami,
1: yeah. Yeah, he's another South Auckland boy as well, Mangare College. Yeah, mm. yeah that, interesting. And I, I think I wrote I, I saw in an article where Irae's um, grand great grandmother how she was all, even though she's in Australia now she was always supporting the All Blacks but um, in this instance she a video posts how she was sending her prayers to her great grandson Irae and wishing him well and that for the first time she oh, was nice. supporting the Wallabies <laughs> but like uh, Judith Kalava.
2: Mate, it's, um, it's interesting how, like, I think right in this Nisbet, he made a point to talk about how many New Zealand-born yeah. guys that they had through the, um, is time? so guys like you mentioned, Loli and uh, Simone, New Zealand-born guys, I think Painga Mossa is another one, they've got a few, they had a few going there, so, ah, it's just part of the trans yeah thing, you know, people
0: this... immigrate all the time.
1: That's the landscape of rugby these days, you know. Obviously, you've got yep. likes of Taniyama as well there. And they were saying how there's yeah, enough point. people yeah, in the Tupo Wallabies to I'm probably do a haka to counter the All Blacks haka. True.
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. That's nice. Hmm. All right, boys. Um, some good yeah, good thoughts there on on the the blitters. Like, if, if no one's got anything else to add, we'll move on to um our next uh, topic. So, yep, uh, yeah, rugby is uh, you know it's never changing beast. And the Counter-Ruck is also adapting to these changing times. So I wanted to look a little bit closer to home at some competitions that don't get a lot of love and congratulate uh, Canterbury for winning their fourth straight Pharoah Palmer Cup and also the Central Kings for winning the Super Club Rugby Under-21 tournament. So we've spoke about both of these tour- um, competitions before, but I wanted to just get some thoughts on these two uh, champion teams that won. So um, just FYI, guys, Canterbury beat Waikato in their final 8-7. Uh, and the Central Kings they beat the West Rangers twenty eight nineteen in the under twenty ones. So, Roger, I know you talked up that under twenty ones tournament, and also I know you've got positive things to say about the women's comp. So, I'll come to you, mate. Did you make anything of those two competitions and the
1: two teams that won? Anything to add, say on that? Just with the um, the Super Club under twenty ones competition. Yeah, it was it was over the last um, four weeks, to, you know, about a month that they played at the local Watamata Rugby Club and um, interesting that the final the final was the first game for the white uh, for the West Rangers uh, so they played them first and they they beat them they beat the central um, Kings in the first ah. game so the way that it's it's been touted is that and and the, the Rangers the West team were lucky to they they went on through in on a bonus point. And so they were. Oh no! Due to points difference, so the south South side rising missed out due to a um, points difference to yeah to make that final. Um, so West West team were able to make the final, and uh, unfortunately, it just seemed like the Central Kings were just getting better and better each week. So after that first loss, they won every week after that, and including the final. So I think they just. Um, got better as the tournament um, went on. Unfortunately for the Watermatter Rangers, uh, they just um, just fell short. That was a tight game in the end, but um, good crowds as well. Good exposure for these young kids who probably don't won't necessarily get any representative rugby post-normal uh, club season uh, due to COVID, stamping out the club season a lot sooner than everyone would have liked. It was good uh, reward for a lot of those players there was one player that was playing in the Waitemata regions team who just last year was playing in the for the years before was only playing senior once and this year the the mammoth team that were playing reserve rugby they they were the champions for the senior first side but this young kid was still young enough to to play in the in the under21s team so he did really well in and cementing a uh, spot there and played well, throughout the tournament, so just that kind of exposure that they can get, um, and hopefully next year he, this young man can probably try and uh, vie for a place in the premier side. And who knows beyond that? But um it's interesting to see where it would go in the future. Whether is this just going to be a one-off due to COVID, or is it something that they can uh, persist with? Hopefully, that it's the latter. Um, but you know, because some of these players like I say, won't necessarily get any representative of rugby, but yeah, take my hat off to Tony Loftonor from the Waitakere Rugby Club, uh, you know, yep. for coming up with this idea and, and making it come to fruition with a lot of other people in the background that's, it, you know, been able to assist as well. So well done to Henry Samuels for his team, Southside Rising, and Junior Polu Linganga as well, and um, all the management there, and uh, Central Kings as well, JP, and uh Tani Funga, part of there. And Mani as well. Sorry, I didn't um... Are you taking the West Money? Mani was with the Central Central Kings.
4: Oh, okay. with... oh yeah, okay.
1: because he's um coaches oh, no. he's the co- head coach for College Rifles.
4: The West won the first game they had a few weeks earlier, right?
1: Eh? That's right. The first the first round, first game against Central Kings, the West team won. Yeah, so it was um unfortunately they just dropped it at the Indian. Because then they went on to lose to Southside Rising as well, but Southside, like I say, missed out just on points difference to make that final. But unfortunately, I didn't um, didn't really follow the Farrah Cup, Farah Palmer Cup, unfortunately. Um, but I did see that Canterbury women's team won.
2: Yep, Canterbury. Yeah, that was their fourth straight win. I think in the women's uh, Farah Palmer Cup. So congrats to them. What about you, Joy? Did you make anything of those two tournaments? The um under 21s tournament won by the central kings and the, the farah palmer cup which canterbury won their fourth one
4: to be honest uh i didn't really follow the farah palmer cup as as avidly as i did last year um but the the yep. other competition uh the under 21s competition i thought was quite cool the coolest thing for me is the fact that it's you know when they win they win the sir michael jones trophy and it's a pretty cool trophy. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's Michael Jones, so Michael Jones scoring a try. It's the same it's the same trophy in the mould of the statue that's outside Eden Park. So, um no, it's a really cool trophy. Um yeah, I mean, Roger said it all. You know, um few teams were like Southside Rising. I I, I thought they would go on to be at least one or two, but um they ended up taking third place and beating East. But no it's definitely needed so well done to the organizers like roger said um definitely needed and I'm, I'm sure those boys will be pushing for i don't know premier club rugby sides and you know all, all sorts of teams following that competition and you know mm. it, it's always it's always good for the individual to keep active after the regular club rugby season, so these 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 um, types of competitions and even village rugby can help in some way to um, keep these boys active.
1: I think it does um, yep. half the yep. job Imagine. as well for the for the um, scouts as well because just like schoolboy rugby on Sky TV, mm. with this now expo- exposing some of the kids that miss out on those traditional representative sites, you know, you, they don't even have to see them just watch it on sky and then oh yeah i like to look at this young fella, let's give him a chat let's find out who he is and then you know so some of these kids will get that sort of exposure and, um but um hopefully it just leads on to him progressing well and, and keeping them in the game as well because far too many young young kids are if they're not making representative sides by the time they finish high school by the time they're 20 they sort of give it away you know what's the point they're not they're not there to persist, and they're wanting, especially those that have been superstars at high school level. If they don't slot right into any professional setup straight away, yeah. it's almost like oh, they either go overseas and pick up whatever they can over there, switch codes to rugby league, or st- stop playing it. At all, and I see that too often enough, uh, too often Mm. as well as you'll probably see the same, Joey. You know, young kids who were superstars, and then uh, due to different change of priorities or circumstances, that they give the game away.
4: For sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite
4: unfortunate. I mean, in different countries, it's kind of similar, but um, a little variance in that my experience with the the London, UK um, rugby scene, club rugby scene anyway um a lot of the boys there they play up until and they, and they play really passionately up until they um they reach the ages of 17 or 18 when they have to head off to university or college or university over there and then they follow their mates into other other sports and it's only mm-hmm. a small percentage they come back to rugby um, because they've come back to the area where they grew up so um I, I can see that happening here, but on a really small scale compared to what's happening over there. Um, so there is danger. There is risks of losing that talent or losing that you know those those kids who grow up with the passion of rugby and then they end up just being rugby followers rather than players.
2: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree, boys. Now, one thing that I found with um, the West, the the West Rangers, they we're on a similar path to you guys where they've found that there's a mess falling away after high school. So like you touched on, Roger, if you haven't made it or you're not sort of in these development programs and a lot of players, once high school finishes give up the game. So what they've done is they involved uh, Messi, Messi High, my old school, and they got them to um, help out with the haka just before the final and they are trying to sort of bridge that gap and keep that pathway open for those people who played rugby in school but didn't get picked up, like you mentioned, Rog, they've still got another pathway and they're trying to funnel them into this competition. So I think that was really well done. All the teams, they all had their own haka, which I thought was good. It's helping to build that mana and that passion for those jerseys that you're playing for, which I thought involved just to touch on the things that you guys have mentioned. So I think that this has served a purpose. If, not, if none other than keeping people in the game and keeping the young people interested in playing. Um, but I'm just interested to see if anyone kicks on. So there's a guy that I heard was pretty good. I didn't actually see him that much from the Central Kings. And He played second five for them. Reese, Rhys I think his name was. And I think he might be from Ponsonby, although I could be corrected. Uh, your your old um, team there, um, Joey. And yeah, apparently he was one of the guys that got a special mention for a player to watch out for. So... Hopefully, he kicks on a place for the team Cup for Auckland because seeing these are all Aucklanders, hopefully, we can keep them all. But, um, yeah, another oh, player to kick for. The
1: Chiefs, yeah.
2: um, and that guy we mentioned before, uh, McGovern. McGovern Lucian, I think he got a couple of tries throughout the season. So, what a name. Maybe some guys that might kick on from here. And you can say, yeah, we mentioned them earlier. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've to Ashford say you've seen this Yes, yes, there's a few sons. Man, Ashford's son was in. Uh, was playing for the West. Uh, someone else had a she son is... in there, which I can't remember. I saw someone else's name that I recognised.
1: I know was uh, yeah. son was in there as well, I think. Yeah, so uh... it's
2: interesting when you see some of the names, you think, oh, cool, I wonder if that's so-and-so's son. I did wonder if that was, I didn't know if that was Man Ashford's son, but I saw the Ashford name in there. I thought, oh, I wonder if that's uh, his, his slick, boy there. But, yeah, oh, it's good, keeping the, mm. the traditions going.
1: Is he with you boys? Yeah, so he played his first season of uh, Premier Rugby this year, only for COVID to stamp it out early. But um, yeah, yeah, he's he's making his own mark in the in fullback or wing. Very talented young man. Oh, nice. Very yep. Nice. Yep.
2: Good work, boys. And just on the uh, the Farah Palmer Cup, obviously, yeah, congratulations. Four in a row. That's amazing for Canterbury. I think they went undefeated this whole season as well. So they look to be amazing. One thing that did come through, which I'll mention, is they don't have HIAs, which I didn't realise until recently. So there was wow. this massive head collision. And because they don't have these, the same sort of protocols that the men's team do, they just played on with this. Massive, this girl who was clearly concussed, so she couldn't go off. And uh, how does that work?
1: How can they not have the same HIA process procedures in place? Well, they interviewed. Um,
2: someone asked some hard questions. My lord, New Zealand Rugby Union. Hey, sir, and uh, they, hey brother, they they mentioned. because um, not all the games are televised, so there's inconsistencies. In how of the rules and come into play with it, you know, the lack of replays and all the rest of it. So that was their reasoning that they can't get the same level of consistency for that reason, which I thought was pretty ordinary, but yeah, mm. um, no HIAs. Uh, Sally, mate, thanks for joining us. We're just talking about the, um, the two teams that won some trophies. So Canterbury won the Farah Palmer Cup for the fourth time, and the Central Kings, so they won the, uh, the Sir Michael Jones Cup for the under 21s uh, tournament. Oh, so I'm nice. not sure if you had any thoughts on both of those uh, tournaments and the teams.
0: Just no, trying to no, touch I'm on just, some different stuff. No, I'm just happy that Canterbury Wolf at least won a cup, uh, even if it's the females. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no good. Uh, you yeah, to disagree. I don't know what's going with the men's team, but maybe we will. We'll move on to that. We'll talk about the. Um, we'll stick with the domestic game for a second. Um, yeah, we'll look at the men's the minor 10 cup. So I think we might have got a, a, an early semi-final preview because the top four teams all played each other and out of the, Auckland have emerged as the top of the table. But I wanted to focus on the other end, what you just mentioned there before, Sully, The Canterbury, I don't know, they're a stalwart of New Zealand rugby and they've lost their last three games and they're sitting bottom of the table. And they're a real good chance of being relegated. So, uh, Sully mate, I'm not sure, what have you made of the Canterbury men's team this season? And why do you think they're... They're just going so poorly that does that's so un like
0: yeah I, i'm not I'm not too sure exactly what's uh going on with them uh, as far as I can see most of the games they've lost are being tightly contested so uh it might just you know be uh a, mm. a matter of the other teams have just all the other teams have pretty much caught up and playing a, a lot more better footy um as we've seen on the over the weekend you know most of the teams now are going not to the eighty minute but right past it so um, player talent is, is pretty much well um, dispersed as well right, right throughout the country. Um, I just think uh, everyone else is um, is pretty much playing at uh, the same level that Canterbury has been playing for the, you know, for over a decade now. So it's it's more a testament to the competition itself um, and the improvement of all the teams.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to put a finger on it too because I always tried to have a think, and I couldn't really come up with any really really good reasons why. But Joy, mate, I'll come to you. Mate, what have you made of Canterbury's demise? Is this a sign of things to come for them? Do you think it might, oh, um, might? I think
4: start to, to fall back to the pack. Like you know, like that was all Sally said. You know, I, I I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, I did, I immediately look at development, the the you know the the talent coming through when I. See a, a powerhouse like Canterbury falling short during the season. Um, I think it might be it might just be a glitch. You know, it might just be a glitch in in their legacy and in, in their dynasty, if you like.
0: Um, mm.
4: I think it's every team goes through it. It's just one of those troughs, you know, that they're going through at the moment. And I, I think when when a team like Canterbury does two or three seasons like that in a row, then you start to worry. I mean, of course everyone's going to worry now because we're so used to them being right at the top or there and thereabouts until the business end of the season when they just kick everyone's ass. So um, I think give them a bit of time. I mean, even if they don't place well in the season or they even get relegated, I think give them a bit of time. Um, They may be going through a rebuilding phase throughout the province with uh, right down to a grassroots level, schools, club rugby and maybe going through some things I mean the, the the region itself you know obviously in the last 10 years they haven't had the best time so maybe maybe this is a um, this is a result of that I don't know. but they deserve to have one shitty season I think
2: yeah I agree with that you know they've been a juggernaut they've been the best team for for a long time so you've got to Give them a little bit of slack, I guess. But one thing I'll say, that was their first loss. Canterbury, that was their first loss to Otago in 15 years. And uh, they've only scored four tries in those last three games. So I think they might have some issues with the attack. But um, yeah, we don't want to talk too much about Canterbury because I... I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of glad that they're not doing that good. But uh, I wanted to look at the other side of the table, the top of the table.
0: Sorry, sorry, Stace. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, sure. Uh, So do you guys reckon it might be just an issue of schedule? 'Cause I believe uh, if it was the proper rugby calendar, most of the most of the all blacks will be playing either early on or midway through the season and then most of them will probably break off near the later rounds or come back in the later rounds. I'm not too sure. Do you reckon it might be an issue that um, because they don't have all their all blacks or their key figures yeah. available yeah. for selection as well?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think the combination of all those things especially
0: yep. the, the key players that they want in there to lead the team yes, in those key true. positions. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure Mungo, uh, off the top of my head, he plays quite a bit of my team. Mm. Um, and yeah, he uh, he alone can yeah, can help steer a team you know, mm. in the right direction easily. Yeah, for sure.
4: Where is Haveli right
0: now? Tasman?
4: Ah, right. He's with
0: Tasman. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Right. He's playing for Tasman. He's the captain of them. And um, he's He's awesome. He just picked up where he left off. He's he had that injury and he's come back. I think he's second equal top try score already.
4: Oh, true.
2: Just behind some of those Auckland boys. But um yeah. I I just when you think of Harvey, I'm not sure why he didn't get picked in that extended squad for the All Blacks. I really rate him that highly. But um yeah, I wanted to um look at Auckland. Auckland at top of the table. Just a joy, mate. I'll come to you because I know that you actually picked Auckland to win the whole competition when we did our npc preview and that's looking pretty good i actually listened to roger when we did our bets and i put our money on tasman but um, auckland are looking awesome so mate i'll come to you joe what do you what did you pick them why did you pick them to win i should say and why do you think they're going as well as they are
4: i think uh, I've, I've looked at it from the lenses of um club club rugby and i saw there were a few rdos during this season club rugby season they were doing a really good job, even last season was with the recruiting. And I thought the fruits of their labour will, will show up in the form of good results with the NBC team at some point. And, and at the beginning stages, I thought, OK, um, the Blues were doing well in the Super Rugby competition. And then I thought, OK, mm. off the back of that, there will be some inspiration filter, filtering down to you know the club rugby, high school rugby Kids, they'll be inspired to want to to get to those levels. And I just take myself back to the '90s when, and, and the 2000s when it was the same. You know, um, if Auckland Blues were doing well, it always filtered down to NPC rugby and then club rugby. So, um, and the amount of talent that comes out of Auckland, you know, it's undeniable. Um, and I think Auckland have done really well to retain uh, a lot of that talent, not all of it, but a lot of it and uh it just it was it was more of a gut feeling with regard to the to the actual auckland NPC team um off the back of you know all those behind the scenes things yep.
2: yeah yeah I, I like that correlation i think john hardy said something similar maybe three four years ago when the blues were just dire and they asked him hey look what how do you fix the blues what's going on with the blues and he said oh you gotta go a level lower you need to fix auckland Fix Auckland rugby. When Auckland rugby's going good, then those players will play well for the Blues. So the two work together. And you can't sort of fix mm-hmm. one without fixing the other. So, yeah, good pick up there. Auckland and the Blues, sort of there's intertwining things there. So hopefully it's the same with Canterbury and the Crusaders. Hopefully Canterbury dropped out and the Crusaders can drop down a bit. Mm-hmm. So the Blues can uh, have a better chance. But, uh, Sally mate, I'll come to you, mate. What have you made of Auckland and the NPC? I know that they they just... They they pummeled Waikato on the weekend, which is quite telling, considering that you no know, Waikato are in the uh the contender category at this stage. So mate, what have you
0: made of Auckland? Yeah, Auckland. The, uh, the, think, yeah, they've been uh, surprisingly good. I think um the way they travelled through the year, you know, it, it was expected. Um, some of those losses may be a bit unexpected, but the true test was against Tasman, and when um when they you know when they doubted Tas- when they adopted Tasman in that game. Yeah, I started to look at Auckland in a different light that they actually might be the team to beat. Uh, so I think it comes back to not only what Joey said about the development, but um, just the good system and the good culture that um, Alama and Philip um, mm. have um, installed mm. within within the camp. And you know, it, it correlates to what Leon McDonald's doing with the Blues. So um, you know, if anything, you know. Winning breeds a good culture, and if you're winning you know whatever the coaches are saying everyone you know everyone buys into it uh so the last three years they've won they've lost in the semi and we're looking at a at a good um good deep run into the finals and if if things stay as they are on the table, Auckland's hard to beat at home, so like you know god willing no no serious injuries and um yes yeah, no uh, major setbacks. But, yeah, Auckland's looking to, uh, you know, we might be hosting the finals all the way through. So, um, yeah, the talent's there. Uh, Man, like, if you look at the amount of players that are playing in All Blacks that are not available for selection, you know, far out, like, you know, we're we're deep. And and that's, like Joey said, it's our development. Like, uh, we've never had such a deep, loose forward um, uh, pool before, even just within the front row and maybe just the forward pack in general. We've always had the backs but we've never had the platform mm. and it's the platform that sets everything up and um, we've got we've, we've got competition from all the way from one to eight and that includes the the bench spots as well um, one of uh, the, the number eight they played on the weekend had a uh, blinder of game sonatu uh, Polotsu. I played against him. he, he was one of the Armore's key players good kid, young kid um, he's only like what 24 20, 25. Uh, he's a number eight he plays six he can play lock but he's you know good runner strong at, strong on d good at good at the rocks and you know good at the lineup okay if if you have players like that who are like um like all hungry you know for that next level of success and taste of success you know, it only breeds like good competition and then it puts you know the players that have already you know in the super rugby frame or all Black Frame it puts them on check as well, you know. Um I, I I just think what they're doing at Auckland is amazing and you know, like if we had this chat maybe five years ago, never ever believed this would be the situation. But like you know, like I said, think fingers crossed and I uh, just hope it just keeps on um the run keeps going.
2: Mm. Mm. Yep, yep. Good to see, mate, you just jumped back on with us, brother. We're talking about the Mighty 10 Cup. So we're looking at both both ends at Auckland. They're at the top and why they're going good. And Canterbury, for some unknown reason, are in danger of being relegated at the bottom. So have you got any thoughts on on the Mitre 10 Cup, and particularly those two teams are the ones that we're focusing on, what's happening at the top and the bottom?
1: Yeah, I, I, like, like the Farah Palmer Cup, um, I haven't really been following the Mitre 10, but I did manage to catch the Auckland the Waikato game on the weekend. And Salissi Rayasi... You guys might have already yes. touched on him. In, uh, hey, hey, hey. What so a start. Eh? <laughs> so, let's <listen laughs> <I'm> see. Just... To... <laughs> <somebody>. <laughs> yeah, what a talent, <laughs> eh? Um, I mean, not only can he score tries, he's got a bit of a razzle-dazzle. Outstanding pace. Number 14 on the wing there for Auckland. and But he could also kick across. And you mentioned that um, uh, Tupolotu... Sione Tupolotu, uh, Sully, and he scored that try in the the last try of the, of the game and that was because of a cross-kick from uh yes. Rayasi. And so a talented kid, he can do all, everything and he was everywhere. And But Harry Plummer as well, you know, he's okay. had some sort of stop-start seasons over the last few years, coming in and out of the Blues as well. Uh, basically, you know, there was a time there when they had Bowden and Barrett come in this year as well. Teddy Black Harry Plummer, so where did they they put him? They they putting him at number twelve, um, more than number ten. But you know he can, he was a good general on the weekend for Auckland, um, guiding them around the park. But at the same time, you know, been really sound with a boot and he got a few points here, conversions and penalties. So I think he's uh quite uh, confident as well. Um, when, when things go his way but uh, interesting to see whether he'll get another Blues contract has he already been signed with he, he's pretty much with the Blues as well isn't?
3: but yeah, interesting
1: to Sarisi say um, he's, he's, the is Rayasi the Hurricanes yeah so well, yeah, obviously the they've got yeah. a lot of talent uh, out on the wings with the likes of Mark talia and Caleb Clark as the incumbents but um, you know where do you put a guy like Rayasi do you Keep him in the in the development ranks or in the squad just to learn and that. Or Hurricanes are, have been using him sparingly as well. Down there, he's only had two. Oh, no, that's not right. This is outdated. It's got him and in Wikipedia, it's got him two caps, but could be outdated. Yeah,
0: so he hardly features. Could be right. Hmm, could be. Yeah,
1: yeah. But then that stat's um correct as of uh, a year ago. So it's it's outdated. I'm not sure how many games he's played for Wellington. But at the same time, he's a, he is a Wellingtonian. So it's understandable that he does play for the Canes, the Blues. But um, he's a St. Patrick's College Silverstream product. Auckland have managed to pick him up for the Moda 10. Whether they can secure him for a Blues contract, I'm not too sure. He's probably signed with the Hurricanes again. But he was a standout, and so was Harry Plummer for mine. Um, Waikato seemed frustrated. They were trying. Liam Messam, the the war horse, was doing his best to um, stay in the game. But just uh, at the same time, I think if he can manage to get 100 games for the Waikato, he'll join the likes of Dwayne Monkley and those legends down in the Waikato and the Mulu's.
2: Yeah, yeah, good toss Interesting about Rayasi because, man, I think he was second in the Dwayne Monkley medal last year, and he looks like he'll be one of the favorites this year. So he's really carved up at the item, a mighty 10 cup level, I should say. He barely gets a game with the Hur- with the Hurricanes. So, yeah, I'm not sure why. He's very, very talented. Maybe this year might be his year because I know that, um, They're short on a numbers. couple of the outside backs have left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wes Wilson's not there anymore. Someone else has left. Up uh, in Lambs left, oh, Wes so Wes they, he could be in there. Uh, he took some European contract. I don't know if they're oh, still oh, going okay. with his uh, with his um, with all the COVID stuff. But yeah, I know he was scheduled to leave as well. So maybe I'll get some more game time because he's quality man. Yeah, and another guy on the other one, AJ Lamb, another guy.
1: Oh yes. Oh yeah. So, Rayasi's just overtaken him for the most tries in the wider 10 Cup, right? Because AJ Lamb was, I think they were they were square, but then he scored three tries. But AJ Lamb, yeah, he caught the kick from Rayasi, offloaded to uh, Polotu to score that last try. But yeah, he's a talent as well.
2: Yep.
1: Exciting times coming up, boys, for Auckland
2: rugby and Blues rugby, hopefully. But um, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot to um, be thankful for. I'm thinking that our tips because uh, Joey, you picked uh, Auckland to win it. Um, Roger you went for Tasman. I think that they're lining each other up for a potential final. Yeah, we'll see um, how that all go. How that go. goes. Um, yeah, boys. But if we have got no more thoughts on the Mighty Ten Cup, we'll move on and and do some um, some tips. So we've got our TAB account, which um, our listeners uh, or viewers will be aware of. Uh, we'll just get a tip from the boys. Put a ten dollar bet on cheeky ten. Make us some millions. So uh <laughs> Rog Rog
1: mate, have you got anything any anything for our T A B account?
2: Oh
1: Yeah, I'm thinking you got Tasman who's probably gonna flog a dead horse. <laughs> oh, flog them while they're down. Tasman to beat Canterbury. It's in Tasman too, oh. eh? So that'll be Crusaders. Um,
2: Crusaders, um Crusaders like would we good. Good call, yeah. I quite like that. Bet Tasman to take Canterbury. Canterbury not going so good. Tasman a, a genuine title contenders. So yeah, good shout there. So that's um, that's seven oh five. That game on Saturday night. Um, what about you, Sally? Have you got anything for our for our count? It's
4: eight oh five.
2: Oh, eight oh five. Sorry. Yep. Oh, is this for Monday oh, ten? Oh, any 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 just uh, general tips, rugby tips. Oh, um, just uh, the mighty Queensland For the punters.
0: Uh, flogging New uh, <laughs> <East laughs> South Wales. Yeah, uh, up to Queensland. Uh, uh, Queensland. Tough. Does that start this class. week? Yeah, Wednesday, isn't it? Come
4: on, Roger. Yeah, Wednesday.
2: Um, Holy I, I, can never t- I can never take that tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <was> <laughs>
4: I'm going to have that so so out. So. Like, so, Sally, these are supporters
0: the over here. Oh. These two. Well, part time, only after game three. <laughs> it, mate. Mate. It's gonna
4: be yeah. a whitewash, it's
1: gonna be a clean sweep. Oh. You guys He's are
4: only now. good He's on paper,
1: right? you're good on paper. Yeah, I'm confident, yeah, mate. Oh,
4: yeah. um... yeah,
2: Sally, yeah. thinking outside the box, Yeah, that's interesting tip. There, uh, what about you, Joey? Mate, have you got a tip
4: for our, our TAB account? I've got some picks <laughs> if you want to do a multi. Um Otago to beat Southland this Friday. Okay. Oh
2: that'll be a good game.
4: Yeah. Uh, Auckland is definitely a favourite to beat Northland, unfortunately. Um I'm a big fan of the Taniwha. Spent so much time up there. Um North Harbour yep. to beat counties, unfortunately. I've got a lot of time for counties. Um and yes, I have to go with Canterbury to lose to, to Tasman. Only based on current form. Um, Historically, that money would have gone to Canterbury. Um, And then New Zealand to beat the Aussies (laughs) at Suncorp, of all places. So is it that
1: test? What's that? So is it Argentina or is it Australia?
2: Uh, I'm just checking the schedule now. So Saturday the 7th, Australia, New Zealand. I think, yeah, you're right, Joey, at Suncorp. Oh, shoot. The following week, New Zealand's
1: playing... uh, yeah, New
2: Zealand will be Argentina. playing um, Argentina the following week. So, Australia yeah, quite New Zealand
4: good... nine forty-five kick-off. Oh, mate, that's a
2: sounds like a good week of footy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good week of footy for sure. I think yeah, some quite good tips there, boys. I think uh, Hawkes Bay is playing Wellington for the Shield, so that'd be a good match. Hey. I don't even know who I think for the, who will take that one, but um, that might be worth looking at for a tip. I like that one for Tasman been to heap more pain on Canterbury, which will be good. But my tip, obviously, I'm going to do this tip before the teams have been named. But Caleb Clark, he's really set the um, you know the international rugby scene on fire. But he still hasn't got a try. So my tip is for the week is Caleb Clark, I'm assuming he's going to hold his spot on the wing. And he'll score his first test try uh, this weekend. Oh, sure,
4: uh, He still hasn't, weekend.
2: Hell. So we've got some good stuff there, boys. Um, all these tips come through, we could be in uh, with a big big amount of money, but we're just about to finish up, boys. So, we'll just go around and get some final thoughts in closing. So, um, Rog, mate, I'll come to you, brother. Uh, what's what you got any final words for us?
1: A couple of weeks ago, you made uh mention of the French team, and like Joey said that he's thinking that uh, he's picking the Australians to be taking out the 2023 World Cup. I watched the Wales game versus France, and they look good. The French, they look good, and they they, they won. You see my five; those two guys I picked. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. Awesome. So it was, was awesome. um, du Pont uh, Pont from the halfback, yeah. and um, young another son of uh, French legend Intermac. Intermac, yeah. And they look they look really good and especially their halfback RL. Oh, and awesome, he scored mate. he scored a couple of tries and set up a couple of tries and he was all over the place. So he reminds me of um of an Aaron Smith, but then more so of a nuggety Sharky Robinson slash who else is that in that mold? Quite yeah. quite stocky and but really really quick. And breaks the defense, so no, nah, I'm, I'm quite lucky. And I, I'm sticking with France to win the World Cup in 2023. Um, home, home tournament for them as well. Um, love these big calls coming out. Yeah, What's that? this is,
0: uh, is our big uh, calls. Keep going the
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I saw in the uh, Georgia again, another friendly. Uh, Georgia losing to to Scotland. Oh, no. And it was convincing win, 48-7 to Scotland in the warm-up leading into the the eight nations or the nation's rugby. Is Milton not coaching them anymore? I'm not too sure who the coach is. Milton Hage. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's current um, coach, but um yeah, it was interesting to see that result. I was hoping that Georgia would have a better showing, but who knows, it is just a warm-up, but I think that there's always going to be, the Fiji might be similar, where they take a few hammerings to get used to the speed of things, Um, playing against Tier 1 nations uh, week in, week out, for the duration of this tournament, but hopefully not, hopefully Fiji and Georgia do have a few upsets, and I think they'll be gunning for the Scotland's and the Italy's, to try and, and uh, get a win across the, the line there for the respective teams, but um, what hasn't been brought up and talked about was Alan wynne Jones. He brought up 147 to equal oh, Richie yes, point. Um, record as well. But that, that also includes a few, uh, you know a handful of games for the British and Irish Lions. So for me, Richie McCaw still has a record in terms of playing for. Um, his national side, yeah. yeah. But um, who knows how long um, Alan Jones is going to be around for? Will he be able to reach that next World Cup and, and still be able to cleanly have enough caps more than Richie McCaw just for Wales alone? It's uh, yeah. soon to be, but I guess the next week is his next game will be the one where he eclipses Richie McCaw's international games. But yeah, not out and out for me. I'm I still. The jury's out on that one in relation to being for his country, Wales. But um, goes to show the longevity of the man. So he was once the captain of, of Wales a few years ago and he got dropped. But um, it shows a lot of character for him to be able to come back and, and play that many games for his national side. So those are just my thoughts, Northern Hemisphere.
2: Nice. Hey, uh, Roger. I'll just come to you one more time. Where do you, what do you, where do you see Alan wynne Jones in the grand scheme of the Locks? Because, like, I know, like, um, one hundred and forty-eight mm. tests. that's nothing to be sneezed at, or whatever the number he's up to. But you know, when you compare uh, him to, say, you know, John Eels and Martin Johnson and Colin Meads and these guys, where do you put him in the, in the, the great greatness of Locks?
1: Yeah. Obviously, in Wales, he's a legend. Victor like Matfield's another guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend nuts. in Wales Um Highly revered in, in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously Where he fits in the Picking order, I think John Eales Is still going to be, he's got two World Cups As well, behind him, John Eales Is it two or one? Still one Yeah, I think one, he's got think. two, two 91, 99. Was he around? 99, 91? 91, 99. 99? I'm not sure if he was Definitely 99. 99, I'm not sure about 91 But he's, he's still yeah. got a World Cup He's got a World Cup under him. Ellenwyn Jones of all I see Johnny has games one? he's played. It'd be interesting to see the percentage of wins because obviously he's got a, obviously they've got grand slams, um yeah. and under uh, Warren was it Warren Gatlin at the time. And now Wayne Pivak. So not a good start for Wayne Pivak taking over. Another Kiwi taking the helm of uh, the Welsh rugby side. Ellenwyn Jones we fits in the picking order, I think. For his longevity and for the amount of games he's played, he has to have some sort of legendary status, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, he's, he's just a real silent sort of thug. You know, one of those players, he probably just gets away with a bit of murder in the in the bottom of the ruck. But, um, you know, he's just <laughs> one of those grinders and you can't speak highly enough of the man for the amount of games he's played, I suppose. But... Um, He's been an interesting watch. You know, the older he's got and the longer you've watched him, you notice how much hair he's lost over that time, uh, from a full header here to, you know, a, a few strands combing over on the top there. But for to be able to play that long, you've got to give him props for that. But where he fits in the picking order, I think John Eels is still up there. He's He's got a, Martin Johnson. He'll be in the same sort of um, level as Martin Johnson for England, I believe. Um, Oof, Victor Matfield does he get mentioned in the same sort of um, conversations as Victor Matfield? And but he's a cross between Victor Matfield and Bucky's butter Oh hell <laughs> no! <man>. Oh, hell <laughs> no! That's
0: disrespectful,
2: <this> <laughs> man. You haven't actually yeah, you know, you've this, said a lot of words without actually answering the question. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> the problem, <Yeah. laughs> You've <Yeah. have laughs> said a lot without <laughs> saying anything, right? Yeah. Those pools but from what about you guys I'll get you guys to answer that quickly um, just with um, you know Alan jones where do you see him in the grand scheme of locks 148 tests the most kept rugby player of all time lock, lock is such a hard position to pick because every country has got great locks we've got Colin Meads uh, Australia's got John Eels like you mentioned Victor Madfield Marty Johnson where do you put Alan
0: Wynn jones maybe top 25 but like at the bottom I, I, I oh, <laughs> come on. You, you you can't be giving you, when you're when you're calling the greatest locks of all time, you can't be giving him sympathy points just because of the test he's played. You know, like um what's what's the English Locks name? Uh Marty no, Oh no,
4: no, no.
0: Mario Mar-
4: Toje. Oh To-J. I, would
0: rate, I would rate him over Ellen Jones right now. Just um oh, on, oh. On, on pure skill, talent. And, Like, uh, like that's just a call for now. But if he has a long career, he would be right up there. But I'd i
1: rate, um, man, we, how many
0: locks have we had? We, I'd rate Ali Williams over him.
1: I'd wait, uh, no, no I'd, what? I'm, I'm purely more on the longevity, his um, the, you know, how long Ali, he's been, at, Ali Williams the amount of tests he's played to
0: 2003 to 2011, one of the best locks. You know he uh, he had like competition like yes. Victor Mafio, yes. Bucky Spota, yes. but there was a there was a time when he was the number one lock. Two thousand seven yeah. World Cup, probably the best forward in that whole World Cup. Ali Williams,
1: but the most awkward to watch when he's doing the hacker though.
0: Yeah, well that, that man, that's white boy passion, bro. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like I I'd, I'd rate Martin Johnson, and then that, that, he he skipped, you know, England to a World Cup. I I'd read uh Perri I agree. Uh, who else? Sam Whitelock, him, You know, and these are just guys that are still playing Shucks. right now. Well, mm. it's, how high do you hold, hold this guy? Like, you know,
2: I've never. I, I hold him never... highly. Um, Jonathan Davies. Jonathan Davies said that he's the greatest player that Wales have ever produced. Oh. oh that's uh,
4: most, because that's have there's never you any a lot players. about. <laughs> Jonathan Davies not like Yayan Evans.
1: Far out, Jonathan Davies. Does he not like goodness. Neil Jenkins? Jonathan um, Davies. JPR
4: Williams, I
0: probably... See, Jonathan Davies. He's oh. he's caught in the moment of yeah. you know playing alongside yeah. him and revering him as a as a as a skipper and and one of his um leadership um group. Jonathan Davies class.
1: said that because he was standing right next to Alan Jones. Yeah. <laughs> he 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 may he may be a good guy like to play. With, I, I think JPR Williams is
0: all the greatest. Oh, come but, on. on. Come on, no. What's his name? What's um? Oh, there You're right. Old, uh, there's this. There's, there's some old guys back in the eighties. Oh, great, good Welsh players. But... Oh, it was. I, I, you know, uh, my,
2: my James. I'm just having a look now. I think he was nominated for World Player of the Year three times. He hasn't won it, but you know he's in that that small group of best players in the world. So I I, I put him right up there. I think he's in the top. Oh top four. man. I wouldn't even put him in. Locks if have ever lived. Top four. <laughs> I, could, I could see you on the video there, Sully. Uh, it's just, you obviously disagree. Yeah. It's I just
1: times I, I think
2: yeah.
1: I used to question, I, I, how is this guy still getting picked? Thing. How is he still getting picked? You know, Top, have so they, they got who, no locking this? stocks in order to still pick him. And then all of a sudden, oh, 148. He's equaling Richie McCourt, and then he passes him the week after who's your top four so I've got John
2: Hills. um, I'll pick um, Colin Meads at second, I'll pick Alan Jones at third oh. and Victor Matfield at fourth, I wouldn't even pick Martin Johnson I wouldn't so pick what's, your, what's
1: your reasoning for picking Alan Jones at number
2: three uh, the longevity, three time world player of the year nominee uh, the possibly the greatest player Wales have ever had uh, buy Welsh pundits. You know, I mean, you can't... you can't. His record is nothing to be sneezed at. He played in a... What is, what not a great record? team, Wales. Yeah, well, what that's does... a team record. That's not an individual oh,
4: thing. My like,
2: goodness. You know, so I'm not going to him
1: responsible
2: for... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can I weigh in on this, Stace? Come on, because he's of doing course. a lot of uh, breathing drills <laughs> over here, Joey, and... Okay. Guess, ventilation, the the, room is
4: the question. The question was, what was the question? states The question was, how do you rate Ellenwood Jones? Is that is that yeah, the question? In the great, in the pantheon of all time, in the pantheon of the
2: great locks, and they've been locked.
0: Cool. Okay. Lock is probably Third the is most um,
2: competitive history, position apparently. in history.
4: Okay. So yeah. when when I'm, when I'm asked a question like that for a particular position, in this case, it's lock. I don't even think of Alan Wynn jones as the first name that pops up or even the first 10 names that pops up. So I'm totally with Sully on that. He's probably past 25 as well for me. Like, I, I rate guys who... Oh, man, that's harsh. I, I rate guys from tier two nations that make up
1: over him. Sully, so you can't still be picking Leo Falenico, mate.
4: Leo um Leo <laughs>
1: Lafayette um,
4: l- Lamattone, polo uh, so Oh no, no. Mate, no, nah, um, but longevity, full, full then, of, of longevity.
1: Of
4: Okay, so here's here's something <sighs> that I I talked about in the earlier episodes of Counter Strike. So I'm not sure if you remember, but what I said was longevity doesn't
2: always
4: doesn't always translate to greatness. Just because someone's played for a long time and has all that experience under their belt doesn't mean they are—they did things that were amazing in that time. Like, what's his name? Steve Hansen said it during a World Cup, I think, last year. He said, yep, sure, has all the experience, but that doesn't mean, you know, he gets automatic selection. He, I don't know who he was talking about, but it was someone at the time. So when I think of Alan jones I think, okay, he was an awesome leader, to those guys he played with, he was an awesome teammate to those guys he played with, and there obviously wasn't other great locks in the Welsh stock to push him outside of that 148 tests, right? Because, let's face it, if that's the 148, 149 test cap bloody player, you have to ask the question, where the hell were all the good locks? Obviously not in Wales. Because when I think of the top five locks, I don't even think of a Welshman in that. Mm. You know, because Wales aren't known for their locks. No. They're known more for their backs and their locks. Um, and maybe their hair bear props. Um, here's another example England. England had the most capped test prop, Jason Leonard. 111, yeah. 111 caps, I think, as a prop. He was nothing amazing. He was better off oh, the field than he was on right. it. He was better oh. off the field than he was on it. I rate bloody Phil victory over that guy. You know,
2: I, I think I rate... he's an all-time great, um, Jason Leonard. Oh, oh, you're um... saying
4: that? You're, you're saying that from the from the point of view of longevity. I get it. I get your your affiliation with longevity meaning greatness. It doesn't doesn't it, necessarily. It, yeah, mean, doesn't necessarily, it, but it's it, got to it, play
1: some part. It, in...
0: It, in it, yeah. you know what this is. It, Stace is one of those kids that school that that turned up to school every day and got like an got, got like a attendance award and thought he was the best student at school. Yes, you got an award for
1: you got, the you got the Stace, What do you think?
0: You got the award for coming, coming to school straight.
1: every day. Yeah, you, oh, when Sally and Joey were wagging every now. and then. So <laughs>
4: here's here's an example, Stace, of greatness and doesn't have longevity. This was meant to be final thoughts segment, eh? Carry Christian on. Cullen. That's greatness. He didn't even get anywhere near <laughs> hundred tests. That's true. greatness. That's yep. what he greatness. Yep. you call greatness. Yeah, but still, then, where the,
1: where then does Mills Mulaina fit fit in the in the greater scheme of things? Unfortunately for tests. me,
4: unfortunately for me, I always think of Cully over Mills. Yeah, yep. if Mills. you if you ask Mills, he'll probably say the same thing.
1: No, yep. no, case in point. So yeah, that's true, Cullen in that regard. But then still, M- Mills Mulaina will forever be remembered as a centurion.
0: Yep, and there's I, some there's but, some merit in it. What, what what we're forgetting, right? Now, there are two locks on the field at one time. Oh, four locks, including the opposition, but two per team. Stacey Stace said said, Jones is the third best lock in <laughs> rugby history. For how long rugby has been going? <laughs> he is the third the third best lock to ever put on a jersey in all of rugby. You know, I know this is. Is <laughs> no, this is the podcast of big calls,
2: and I'm standing yeah. by that call. Oh, he was um, three-time World Player of the Year nominee, most kept rugby player of all time. Arguably, uh, he's his peers We've... have voted him the greatest Welsh player who's ever lived. He was named in the team of the decade. So for you guys to Here's dismiss one. him as Space. not being up there, that, that's, um, that, to me, maybe Space. the truth Here's is one. somewhere in the middle, but I, I think Space. he's higher than you guys, rate him. Here's
4: a bit of a st- spanner to throw in the works, and this is from with the help of Cam Chester is remaining quiet there, how many World Cups has he won?
1: So is that basically, so is that the, the tipping point for well, Richard I mean, McCoy? that's a team, that's that's a team thing. I don't, Tony, I, don't, I don't hold
0: individual performances. I can see by the two. Yeah, yes. But, but the thing is, like, I do not remember a year where Alan Wynne-Jones was the most dominant lock in yes, both Northern exactly. and Southern Hemisphere. Exactly. I would say from... Just her in tomorrow, Wales. From most Prime, which would say from, say, last World Cup 2015 to maybe, mm. say, 2008. Mm. The most dominant locks in that period, I'd probably say there were probably four. That would probably be Bucky Sporta, Victor Mathfield, five actually. Um, Sam Whitelock, Brody Retellick and the Irish Lock. So Irish Retallick. O'Connor. O'Connor. O'Connor Paul, Paul, Paul. O'Connell. O'Connell. Connell, he was probably the best lock in the sphere over mm-hmm. the last O'Connell. couple of years. Yes, i He, he, Alan he was.
2: Paul O'Connell did not make the World uh, World Team of the decade because Alan wynne Jones was the the lock that so well. so also, the none of those
1: locks that you mentioned,
2: the I, I only, I, none of those locks you mentioned were. Uh, nominated three times for award player of the year like this we're talking about i'm trying to separate the individual from the team
0: yeah, yeah because if I you got...
2: look at the individual performance that's, mm. what, that's why i use those uh, individual statistics because you could be awesome like brian demar was awesome in a mud team but he, does that mean that he wasn't good because his team was was crap you know what yeah, i mean but, yeah, but so if you can separate some... the individual performance from the team performance and that's where you can get a real gauge of where he's at
0: yeah, but but some of his, um, these, final
2: thoughts, Roger, you've opened his, up a can of worms here.
0: <laughs> some of these gradings are done off his um his his rep rugby as well, so I'm not too sure the team that he represents for in um not on the international level. But if we were going to pick the three best ever, we got to grade them on the highest highest platform of foot, of foot footy, and we know that's world rugby. And if he's never hmm. been the most dominant lock on an international level which is the highest level of footy that we know of and that's not even including world cups that's including just year in and year out like that, that that's what that's how i see it like i've i've like i've never seen him change a game and that's just me like mm, if mm. like we've seen locks change again we you know the way that bucky sportner and victor Matfield, they pretty much changed the way locks are like um, our locks sam Whitelock lock and broderick Tulligan, it, that's the mold, you know. They were, they were strong in the middle, but man, workhorses. But they were guys you don't want to mess with. And that, uh, I, I, it might be just the different lenses that we're looking, looking through in terms of grading our locks. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well said. Well said.
2: Hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting debate. Probably one that we could go on for ages. But I don't want to carry this on any longer. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, agree side. to disagree. I think. Alan Wynn Jones, if you're listening, mate, I've got your back, mate. I'm a big fan <laughs> of yours.
4: Mate, he's not even known for, he's not even known for the, the primary role of a lock, which is lineouts. He's not even known for that.
0: <laughs> well, it's a very game. It's come thing. He's
1: coming to Alan Wynn Jones. <laughs> so he's played 238 games for the Ospreys. there has got to be something as there well. There you go. It's nothing to sneeze at. It just what's pushed taken. them. That's what's going on. pushed man. them in the
2: top three. That's uh, that. Anyway, we've got to move on 238
1: games for Ospreys 35 for Swansea 140 for Wales 9 for the British and Irish Lions so That's In-go. a lot of first class games
2: Alan Wynne-Jones, congratulations The most kept <laughs> test player of all time And the third best lock in history According to me <laughs> But Sally, yep. uh, mate, we'll get you You've got some final thoughts uh, We are supposed yep. to have closed up 25 minutes ago
1: <laughs> Stronger, <man. laughs>
0: yeah um my, my my final thoughts is i'm um, interested to see how the wallabies are um, more bounced back this weekend um uh it was gonna be a massive feat to always um play against a young i mean play against a more experienced back line and if anything i hope um i, I hope the the Aussie fans are a lot more patient with Rennie. Rennie's the he's got the goods it's whether you know the fans as well as the sponsors and the management had the patience to, to support him. Um, you know, Rennie's got the record for it, so um, you know, we saw flashes and glimpses when he's got the key figures when you know O'Connor and Matt Samoa uh, were in the team, and you could see what potentially could um, what the worldviews could be moving down and um, moving down the line. But yeah, I'm just interested to see, uh, interested to see how they bounce back this weekend. Um, Looking forward to Origin on Wednesday as well. Looking forward to Queensland, you know, the you know, <laughs> you know, the uh, Queensland um dethroning um New South Wales. But um we'll see how that goes. And um I'd just like to make a shout out to um to, to, to the club jersey I'm wearing today. It's um the Betonic Club down in Wellington. Um uh, some of the boys uh I went, uh, know down in Wellington, we all jammed together. But um Yeah, it's the club of uh of Dane Coles. Um you know, so Quite a few grubs down there. Um, some of the shout outs to some of the boys, uh, James Mosse, Brandon Frederica, and Geordie down there. So, yeah, massive shout out to those boys, too.
4: Nice. 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 Joey, mate, coming to you? Oh, I'm still on that Alan Jones thing. <laughs> you know what? we got like, to do a podcast on the bonus on Alan Jones now. Like, <laughs> like, I even rate Norm Maxwell over them.
2: <laughs> oh, see, come on. Now we're getting.
1: Carmo, the Carmo kid, I'd rate. Man, Ian Jones in theory, Ian Jones over him. Ian Jones, I rate Ian you, you Jones Do you know over who him. I'd rate over him? John O'Gibbs, Gibbs. And he only probably had exactly. a handful of tests. <laughs> yes. Silly, <laughs> <laughs> he was a locked loose forward as well. Helen yes. Jones yes. has played loose forward too, number six as well. So I don't uh, think even, be out of their lock. I rate Troy Flevel over him.
0: Oh Troy Flair, Of course. I, I I'd rate I rate Rodney Soyalo over him. And he only clearly <laughs> nearly covered. Him.
1: He would that block. <laughs> yeah, and he jumped at the <laughs> runner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> crack him. So oh, like, All right, James, I said, Connor over uh, Elam Oh, yes, yes, James. Yes. 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 But, uh, yeah, my point of
4: thought, be careful who you call great in this game. Yeah. Because <laughs> longevity doesn't mean great. Oh, uh, no, I
2: like that. I like that.
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this Blaislow match. Some people call it dead rubber. I call it entertainment at the expense of the Wallabies. (laughs) Um, um, (laughs) Unfortunately for the Wallabies, you know. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, putting a bet on 13-plus at the TAB for the All Blacks.
2: Yeah, boys, it looks like it's going to be quite an action-packed weekend with the games that we've we've talked about coming through. So I think it could be a good... um, basically from Wednesday onwards a good day on the couch days on the couch with the beers but um yeah good thoughts there boys um just want to thank all the listeners for joining us for another episode of the counter and uh, we're available on the usual podcast platforms so stitcher spotify apple and google podcasts uh, iheart radio and now youtube uh, if you've been watching us so and we've got heaps of, of other different ones as well. So, so keep listening and watching and providing that feedback for us. But, um, yeah, boys, thanks for being part of the pod and sharing your rugby knowledge and enthusiasm. So Joey, um, Saleh, Rog, thanks, boys. cams doing the Thank fact you. check. Thanks for coming on, and we'll be back again next week. So see us then. Cheers,
1: brothers. Thanks for chiming into the Alan Jones. Uh, Go, Alan <laughs> oh, yeah. number one Mate. fan club. <laughs> <laughs> I not can't Number believe three. how low use rate. Three. I wouldn't have him as high I've as got three. Him top
2: five. I've got him top five easy. Top five easy. Three three I could be persuaded three, four, or five, but i I'd have him in the five. top
1: ten. But look, even uh, Nation Sharp, he features in yeah. the top ten in one of the picks. Come this man. was back in two thousand and fifteen. This is um in the UK. Ruck well, I think UK. he got
2: he got he got um he was nominated, he's the three-time world player of the year nominee, man. And you don't get yeah. nominated unless you got something. That's true. He put number t- 10 t- this t- is
1: 2015. T-